0: Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 59th episode, we get a chance to talk to head coach of Cox High School, Matt Itner. And boy, was this a good one. Um, man, Coach Itner, for those people who don't know him, uh, younger coach, coaches at Cox High School in, Vir- in um, Virginia he um got started his coaching career off in 2014 when he was hired to be the junior varsity coach at Cox High School spent a time time there um, with the JV baseball team and was then hired on at to by Salem High School in Virginia Beach to be their varsity coach he spent 3 seasons there from 2015 to 2017 and in 2017 then he was went back to his alma mater to be the co- head coach at Frank M. Cox High School, and in 2019, Coach Itner was named the Region 6A Co-Coach of the Year after compiling an 18 and 6 record, earning a state tournament berth for the Falcons, and uh, is just making a reputation all throughout the state, and let alone through some really uh, some coaches all over the country. Um, and as Coach Itner just continues to um, You know, fairly impressed with all our conversations. We get to hit it off this year. Another extremely thankful relationship guy that I got to meet through COVID. Um, So um, through COVID and the and and the the pandemic, just got a chance to meet this guy, and we've been hitting off ever since. Had some great conversations, and uh, boy, this one, this one does. This one's not going to. This one, this one just stuck with me. Uh, It was something that was. We just clicked on so many different levels. Uh, We get into he's working with uh, Brett McCabe's stuff and the Catalyst School. Uh, So again, talking at the mental side of things and really looking into like how coaches coach. Like this is a coaches coach program. We get to him and how he's developing himself personally to be even a better coach. Uh, The guys, yes, a younger coach, uh, but again, thinking of in terms of a leadership standpoint where he's not going to expect his Kids to get better. Kids to do without him doing it. Um, extremely impressed. Uh, impressive conversation. Just a just great conversation. We hit on, like I said, so many levels. We get into talk about game goals, um, game goals, and the thing they're trying to do, uh, and the, the way they're chart. Um, sh- sharing the screen uh, through through the episode, got a chance to see some some charts, um, and uh, just 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 really great stuff we get into his program building how he came up with his his um get you could say pyramid of success for his for his program so he came up with his, with his standards He has a three-tiered standard program um and uh boy we just we dive into some some great conversation and uh, really some very valuable information and um and coach is definitely willing to share um Uh, anything and always give a chance to talk some baseball but man what a great conversation just can't thank him enough and uh, I'm really looking forward to the next time we get a chance to touch base and uh, we are very very similar uh, in that regards which is always great to talk to and it's another great reason that I started this and I I really just enjoy this just love it Uh, just to talk to very just like minded people Um, it's always good to challenge myself with somebody who may not think like me and but but like this this helps even grow me because as we're kind of on the same page with our thinking, um, where he starts thinking, I it challenges him and grows him because we're on the same page as like oh what's the next steps to that thought, uh, what's the next step to that process. So man, it was just a great conversation. Um, can't wait to get it out to everyone, um, and uh, know you're gonna enjoy it. So be sure you have your notes ready. Uh could be a multiple listen, but um, you know, I'm I'm definitely sure we're gonna have some future conversation with Coach Itner. So Matt man, buddy, I really appreciate it, man. And um but without further ado, here he is, the head coach at Cox
1: High School, Matt Itner. I think there's something to be said about that. You know, I yeah. think I think you know, when you look at people that build programs, You know, you you don't run into many people that are building something special and nobody's going to play at the next level. Um, It usually goes hand in hand. And I think probably in your case, you can probably, you know, you can probably think back and say, like, when this kid walked in this in your program as a ninth grader, like, might not thought he was going to be a college baseball player, you know, but, you know, you and, you know, inspiring that work ethic and that love for the game and that passion, you know, gave him that avenue four years later, you know, and I think that truly like when you start looking at programs that are able to do that, and they're able to take that. It's all about kind of raising, raising your minimums. You know, you take that guy didn't know if he's going to be a college baseball player. And he's a college baseball player. You take that guy, that's probably a D2 guy and he makes him a D1 guy, that guy that's a D3 to a D2 to, you know, a Juco to a D3, whatever way you want to, you know, but you're raising your minimums, you know, you're, you're, you're inspiring kids to push themselves and reach a little bit further, you know? And I think that's, ultimately the sign of a, of, of a great program, you know, at the high school level, the college level, right. Like at every level, if you're raising your minimums and if you're at the college level at Juco, like you said, and you're getting more guys to go play at the next level, more division one guys, if you're at a division one, you're getting more guys drafted, plant the next level. Like you're raising your minimums. There's something to be said about that, you know, and that are usually a direct reflection on the leader in your program.
0: You know, oh, man, I love that, man. Raising your minimums. I love that. Love yeah. that buddy. Oh, dude, this is great. This is great. We're just chopping it up, man. We're just yeah. going We're just yeah. to, We're just Thanks getting so rolling. Been, this is great. I really appreciate you just taking some time, man. This is awesome.
1: No, this is, this helped me get better, man. You know. <laughs> it's, well, it's speaking of that,
0: man, let's just roll into that, man. Like, so let, let's dive in a little bit. It's McCabe, right, Brett McCabe.
1: Yeah. Um, let's
0: dive in a little bit of that, buddy. I know we've kind of scratched surface a little bit with, like, texting. I know a couple of times we talked, we called on the phone. But, like, let's dive in a little bit about, like, how that is, how that is helping you and, and how you are make, how you are getting better that way.
1: Well, obviously, I saw Brett, um, you know, where me and you connected, yeah. uh, you know, down in Hoover. And, um, obviously, I was blown away by his presentation, and a great way to kick it off. I, I, I think the big thing that I'm drawn to Brett with is just, like, how authentic he is, right? Like, he's not – a kind of, uh, you know, everything's going to be okay. Pie in the sky, like he's real. And I think, um, I'm drawn to that. And, um, there's another guy that I got to meet down in, in, um, Hoover, Jake Mills, who was from South Panola high school, um, in Mississippi. And we kind of connected and went out to eat a couple of times down there. And he, you know, he had mentioned, uh, you know, Hey, I was, you know, I'm, I'm part of Brett's, you know, catalyst school. And I just was like, Hey, you know, do you feel like it's worthwhile? And, He's like, most definitely. So Brett was running a special and, you know, jumped on it. And, you know, for me, I think it's been an avenue of, you know, as a coach, we pour into becoming a better coach when it comes to skill development or becoming a, you know, how to teach outfield, how to teach the swing first and thirds, whatever it may be. Um, But as you know, as being a head coach, like the relationship piece, the communication piece, um, learning how to um develop your kids outside of the playing field is a lot of your responsibility especially as the head guy um and it's just been an avenue for me to feel like that i'm i'm pouring in to that part of of my development that i didn't think i really was having before i mean I, i like to read and i like to pick up stuff but something just about sometimes a live conversation and um You know, he records all of them. So, you know, right now it's tough to get on live ones because, you know, I'm pretty busy with the season. But during the winter months, you know, being able to jump on and, you know, you got people from all over the world, people from South Africa join in from England. um, So you get some cool perspectives. Um, He always got some great topics. Um, I think it's, you know, what I like is it's a lot of the stuff that um, keeps you up at night as a coach. You know, how do you deal with the player that's not confident? How do you deal with the player that's questioning everything? How do you deal with um, the things that that really kind of make you uncomfortable, you know, as a coach that you think a lot yeah. and you can't get out of your head? And it just allows you a little bit of an outlet, you know? And that's kind of how I use it as, um, I think, learning how to deal with that's important, but also knowing that that's a realistic um, issue for every one of us. And sometimes that just puts you at ease, you know, puts you at peace a little bit going like, hey, there's a lot of people dealing with these issues every single day. Um, And it's okay not to have it all figured out. So,
0: For sure. I love how you said that. Ways to grow more than just like – ways to grow more than just like the X's and O's basically.
1: Yeah. And as you know, like, you know, with the people that – you know, I kind of go back to where we met. You know, it's probably 50% of the stuff that was – yeah you know, presented on right like yeah. had nothing to do with like the physical skill of baseball you know mm-hmm. makes you start to question you know again where like you only have that you know you only have like they say like in um strength and conditioning right like your training economy right like you only have so many hours in the day and you only have to develop yourself as a coach so if you're saying that 50 percent let's say roughly is it's dealing with the relationships of your athletes or with your assistant coaches or whatever it may be like, shouldn't 50% of your training reflect that? Yeah. And like, I know I'm not doing that. I'll be completely honest. Mm-hmm. It's something that I want to get better at for sure. You know, it's like telling your guys, I like, hate man, the games, 9% mental, right. And then like, you never talk about the mental game <laughs> as a coach, you know? So are you, are you reflecting what's happening the most or what you're dealing with with the most? So um, again, I'm fighting to get up there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but just thoughts that cross my mind, you know, of, you know, am I, am I pouring into the right stuff with the right amount of time?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I love even that, like, even from an actual X's and O standpoint, even like from this specific ground balls, I just kind of love that part of the game right now. I think data's has brought that, uh, but you know, they're even talking about, certain type of ground balls that are always, you know, there. like, I been, I was funny. Like I've been charting my son's ground balls and just kind of where he's been struggling. And, and it's nice to know like, Hey, let's stop worrying about this ground ball. He's getting this ground ball all the time. You know, like the one hand ground balls are truly there. Like they're mostly getting one hand ground balls. Um, so I think even more times than not, like you said, if you're going to say that it's mental 90% of the time, then are we reflecting that in our practice? I think that's, that's, I think it's very smart, you know, and I think it's a true leader, true leadership for sure, buddy. That's awesome, man. Awesome. So like what, um, I mean, how has like, so what have you taken in? So it just purely specifically, like just a, just a coaching, um, I guess, professional development, or is there things that you're also taking to your team in terms of like what you're learning as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, Brett really challenges all of us to have, um, you know, notebooks on each player, which okay. you know something I have a goal of. Um, I'm trying to get there and, you know, logging your conversations and really being able to kind of script back on, you know, things that you see and you hear, and how are you following up? And, you know, he played for Skip Burtman. So mm, that's right. You know, you, you really start to see those, you know, um, you know, I have, um, Skip Berman's PDF, you know, and all of his stories and the power of storytelling. And you can tell Brett does a really good job of, of kind of mimicking that. He's a great storyteller. He, you know, as you as you saw, you know, he can captivate an audience mm-hmm. um, and get, you know, and, and that's that's very important as a leader, you know, is the power of storytelling uh, and being able to, um, you know, something we that I've done with my program is, you know, before every single game, I'd have some type of story you know, and I steal a lot of coach Burtman's from, from his book um, and just finding different stories. But, you know, you talk about really grabbing your guys' attention and dialing them before a game, you know, like, you know, there's a reason why people, you know, go to the, go to the movies and, you know, sit back and pop, you know, eat popcorn and stare at a screen for two hours are captivated, right? They're, they're in it. Um, And that's what we want our guys to be like prior to the game. So um, yeah, he's, he is, um, he is very big on, knowing your athletes, um, logging information about your athletes, looping back to your athletes, tying your parents into the athletes. Like he, he really, um, he really stresses that, you know, and it really challenges you as a coach, you know, to like, are, are you really, do you really understand that player? You know, that's kind of what I like. Do I really understand Like you really think about like, you see your guys a lot, but like how many times do you really sit down and have a conversation where you can really understand what's going on with that player? Mm. It's tough, you know, as you know, as being a teacher and, you know, being a coach and doing your full-time job on the front side of the day. And, you know, then you're responsible for, you know, making sure your team's ready and finding the time to carve out, um, you know, time to have those individual conversations can be very um, challenging for sure.
0: Yeah. So where do you, where are you finding time? Like where, where, where your thought process now? Like, where are you going with having? I hear meetings? sheets.
1: I hear sheets talk about, you know, he uses that out of the hat app. I've looked into that, um, where it like pops up a name every single day, you know, and he, I've heard on his podcast and talk about that and just connecting with those guys. Um, you know, making a point, I think, I think I've used, Connected with our guys more with the phone, obviously, over the last year than in person. Um, I'm more of an in-person guy. I love to go grab a guy in between classes, talk about something I saw at practice. Haven't had the chance to do that really as much. Um, starting to as we're starting to get more guys back into the building and, and stuff like that. But I think it just comes down to being intentional, right? Like, I mean, if it's in creating habits as a coach, you know, like if this is something that's important to me as a coach, like I need to make a point to – um, to do it every single day and build that habit. You know, I can't just do it every once in a while. Um, I did try the other day in our, we lift every Fridays, um, every Friday during season, just on, we play Tuesday, Thursday, Friday's a lift day and a classroom day for us every single, every single Friday, no matter what, whether it's two and O oh, one on one, O oh and two, it's always a lift on Friday. Um, and what I started doing was I kind of stole it from Butch, you know, he talks about like find out Fridays, right. Where he pulls a chair out and, Oh yeah. You know, just trying to just trying to grab guys on Friday and just like have like a two minute conversation in between sets, you know, just touch base with them. Okay. Like we just talked about, I, I got half of my guys done last Friday and we just talked about, Hey, what do you see your role being? And just kind of some dialogue and um, nothing too formal, but just trying to say, trying to find those points throughout the day where I can maximize um, if I have my strength and conditioning coach in there, like, and I'm just going to sit there and watch like, why don't I use that time to be productive, where I can connect with those guys on on a deeper level? So, something I'm going to try right there that I'm trying to be a little bit more intentional about.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. A Typical thing is just, I mean, yeah, people can walk around and stuff like that, and you know, but yeah, that's just more times than not. The average coach are just going to find time to just kind of check out. But yeah, it's it's great, man. Uh, that's awesome stuff buddy find out fridays two minute conversation oh that's great stuff buddy
1: yeah i think that's i think i think butch i heard butch talk about that where pulls up a chair you know and you know you can spit it straight so yeah let me have
0: it you know let let, let me have it kind of deal right like just let it loose and here we are yeah Yeah. that was good that was good man oh man that's good um this is great dude this is awesome stuff. Um, so speaking of that, so like, so if that's one of your goals, you know, in, in this year to kind of have these two minute conversations um, and then you're logging those conversations, you're probably going to, you know, like I said, McCabe's trying to challenge you to log those conversations with your,
1: yeah.
0: with your guys to, I guess, help them help you learn a little bit more about each of them. You know, kind of like I guess how they learn from the stamps of how they learn or, you know, just again, just more building intentionally building the relationship.
1: Yeah, I think I think for him too, it's, you know, you can kinda you start to see maybe trends, you know, in the conversations and things that start coming up a lot, maybe for a certain guy, right? On like maybe some type of language or vocabulary they're using or thought process, right? Mm -hmm. Like that maybe like, man, this guy keeps on, maybe you start to see like, man, this guy's struggling with self-confidence or, Hey, maybe this guy is not realistically evaluating, you know, where he's at as a player on the other end of the spectrum. Um, You know, again, if you're just touching them once a month, once every two months, like, are you really seeing that thought process play out? Maybe you see it over a three week period. Right. And it just starts kind of raising maybe some red flags of, okay. Like I was, I was off on, on how this guy right now, like how his mental makeup is. Um, that's my hope, you know, that that yeah. we'll get from it. I can't say that we've hit right. that point yet, you know? Right.
0: You know, in the high school season in, you know, in our state, I know your state doesn't go, yeah, I mean, how much, I know you have a little bit of fall time, you know, you're putting together some fall stuff with your guys, but you don't have everybody, right?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, we we're pretty, we're pretty open in Virginia. Like we basically have three 10 day periods throughout the year that we can't touch our guys, which is dead periods. Now we have guys that play other sports and we're a little bit bigger of a high school, which I don't think we see as much a crossover as probably like a one A school just because of the sheer number of athletes that you're kind of dealing with. Right. Um, So
0: you do have a good chance of like, you know, really the whole year having weekly conversations with your guys.
1: Yes, you, you do. And, you know, that is something that we, for the most part, I would say, like I probably have access to our guys, like our core group of guys, unless they play another sport, which I'm totally fine with, um, probably, you know, 80% of the year, Yeah, I would say,
0: yeah. you know,
1: how we're able to build out our calendar. Um, we are fortunate, like I said, we don't, we're, our rules aren't, um, you know, besides those 10 days, we can pretty much operate and do what we want with our guys and we're able to kind of build that. So that is an important piece of of building that. Um, we do meet with our guys like for meet with a fall evaluation and a spring evaluation every single year um, where mm-hmm. it's more formal where they fill out um when they fill out a Google form, we look at it and then we meet as you know, we meet with them with their position coach and we have, you know, a 15, 20 minute conversation. Um, we do that after, after our fall season, we do a 10 week fall program and we, we meet with each guy individually in November and have those conversations. And then after the spring season, we'll sit down with each guy and have another conversation and just kind of a checkpoint. Um, those are more formal. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to get better at, at, at connecting with the guys on kind of a little bit, maybe more of an informal basis, um, throughout the year. Um, Mm -hmm. that's where my focal point is.
0: Yeah. Then the informal, like find out Friday is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, um, trying to like, I, again, I think it just comes to just being intentional about what you're trying to accomplish and, and where you can kind of, you know, you know, Hey, can I touch five guys today and how can I do it? You cool. know? And, um, some days are easier than others, as you know, as being a coach, you know, right. some days you get caught up, you know, and you try to make up, but you know, the, the, the awesome part too is man, as you know, you can call a guy on the, on the ride home from, from practice. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can give them a call and, and talk to them there if you have to, right? And, like, it does not always have to be – that's the one thing COVID's taught me is, you know, the power of just picking up the phone and calling your players, right? You know, just yeah. saying, hey, like, let's just have 10, 15-minute conversation. I couldn't – you know, I couldn't connect with you in practice, but this is what I wanted to discuss. So, you know, I think there's different options now that we can use, which are important.
0: hmm Not for sure, man. Like, do you feel uh, like you guys would use, like, let's say Zoom again? You know, do you, you feel yourself going to use that – you know, now, even in the future.
1: For sure. I think, you know, I think that's one of the beautiful things that's happened because of this pandemic is, you know, it's, it's allowed us to just really explore some different options, you know, to communicate with our guys and, and allow that flexibility um, for us to, and I think there's a, there's a powerful piece to meeting in person. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, I think, I think you, you definitely understand this is from the high school perspective of you know, our guys are blocked inside of the school day for seven and a half hours. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like a college schedule where they might have, you know, class from 10 to 12 or 10 to one. So, you know, finding those times that you can meet as a whole group are like gold, right? But us being able to connect via Zoom for a touch base um, just could allow another, another point where we could get a message across to our guys and it could alleviate time for our players and our coaches you mm-hmm. know in the family aspect as well so yeah you know, I mean I think you know we did our parent meeting last night via zoom for our program you know and and I think you know we do two parent meetings a year one in the one before fall ball and one before spring and you know I could probably see one of those two being in zoom just because of you know allowing the flexibility for the parents to be able to um, you know, it's be open. at their house or be yeah. remote, you know? So I, I think there's, yeah, some tremendous value to it for sure. Not for sure, man. I agree.
0: I just, like you said, and it's also just opportunity, man, things that come out of adversity, things that just come out of it, you know, it is great. Yeah, I um, I, I would say just, uh, I want to just kind of close the book here on McCabe stuff, just kind of looking at that. Yeah. Cause I'm just trying to think about just overall, because people look into the catalyst school, like what's yeah. what will be like the biggest thing so far you've been able to take away? Cause I think you've been at it since what November or December?
1: Um uh, more like I probably didn't start jumping into it until probably like January time frame. January. Okay. You know, I kind of got back, thought about it, had yeah, some yeah That's what it was, right? Looked into it. Um, you know, I think you know, you, you use it to how it best fits your schedule. You know, like obviously he records everything, which is, you know, so it's that flexibility piece, or you can or you can jump in live. Um, he's got so many free resources on top of that, you know, uh, where like he gives you all these different, he gives you these amazing like worksheets and you know, he gives you everything that, you know, you could as a coach, you know, like a, a way for us to to log your conversations and um, you know, he throws in like the seven sins of teamwork or seven sins of, you know, bad coaching or or you know, he just gives you a lot of material, some short clips. Um Yeah. And like I said, I think the two things that really stick out to me that, you know, I've been drawn to him is, is one, like how authentic he is and Mm -hmm. how he, it's, it's real. And the stuff that he talks about are things that keep us up at night, like all the time. Um, And so there's this, that connection piece there. Um, And then, you know, just the other piece with it is, it's just like, it's those, it's those topics as a coach that, Um, you know, like when you're in a school building and you're talking with another coach and like, you know, you're talking about those tough, those tough situations or conversations or issues. And it's more of like, wow, like I would, I would, I'm, I'm venting about it, but I kind of need some assistance on it, you know? And that's where I think Brett really comes in on like giving you some answers to some of the, some of the coaches, some of, you know, your toughest issues that you face as a coach. So, yeah.
0: And I and I remember like just and just getting back into thinking like what what I was, remember what I was hearing when we were we had heard him and just how much he was talking about just you know how much the everyday athlete is dealing with now yeah. you know and how much they're dealing with and you having this because I, like I, I started thinking about what you said like the tough topics you know and as a head coach you know you're going to have tough decisions you're going to have to do have have hard conversations that's the job we took um, so. Man, you know, I, I was just thinking about, yeah, yeah, like a lot of those. Probably like with depression. I'm sure he's probably talked about just a lot of the mental um, illnesses that kind of go on that sometimes we typically don't want to talk about. But I know Brett, like, yeah, he, he's also it's like something with drama. I guess yeah, because he's so real. But he's also like, he he'll like put it blatant, like blatantly yeah. put it on your face and say. People are sick. People are, have a lot of mental illness, you know, and like he makes it pretty uncomfortable, but you can tell yeah. he's been getting pretty good at being uncomfortable in those uncomfortable situations.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember some of my first ones with them were about like, how do you, you know, what is, what does depression look like in your athletes? Like, what are some things to look for? What are some signs and symptoms, you know? And like, these are things like that we, you know, I really had never been trained on right? And it's something that's very serious and it is it is relevant these days, you know? And so getting that type of training to know what to look for, you know, and, and looking at, you know, he talks about, you know, like the factors in development, the biological factors in development, the psychological factors in development, you know, everything that goes into the development of your athletes and, and if, you know, how that relates to how you're going to interact with them and what are the best ways to go about it. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, as you know, there's a lot to this profession. You know, and there's a lot as you start kind of peeling back the layers of the onion, um, and you really start to see the guys that are doing this at such a high level, like they have a they have a vast understanding of human beings. Mm, yes. You know, and that is something that again I kind of challenged myself and am I training myself to, to be that, right? Am I, am I, am I doing the necessary things to give myself the tools to be able to, um, understand my players to that level, right? Cause like everything you hear, right. Is again, it's, and you know, it's, you know, you build the person and, and the ball player comes out of it. Um, but do I know how to build the person? Am I training? I, am I getting the tools to build the person? Nick, where am I? Where in my training am I doing that? You know, and that's kind of why I was drawn to Brett's Catalyst School is like I was like, you know, this is this is really built to to help this part of my game um, so I can help my players out. So that's that's kind of in a nutshell, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. No, I love it. How to build the person. Basically, it is the manual of how to build the person. Yeah. Um, but you got to build yourself first, you know, in order to do that. And, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's great, man. Like you said, we're going to go to, we're going to learn about throwing a curveball. We're going to learn about first and thirds and, you know, but this is uh, dealing with people for sure. I, I think it is, I mean, we all kind of get into this people business because I think at all, at some level, we're all kind of people, people. Um, yeah. but yeah, the highest ones are just able to deal with like a vast amount of people to make decisions pretty quickly. Um, you know, college love, you talk about big organizations. Um, yeah. so yeah, very important skills to learn. Absolutely. Um, just thinking of like, as you're going that, you know, um, have you, you know, are you exploring things or have thoughts come in you like what you're going to do as a team that you said specifically, like individually meeting with yeah. kids, are there yeah. things program-wide, like, let's say from, like, a leadership council standpoint or a classroom, like, when you have classroom sessions, will you bring part of this, me I me mean, the worksheet, stuff like that, into your classroom sessions?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I'll kind of segue into, we have a program pyramid, um, kind of John Wooden-esque that we okay. created two years ago, and basically, it's our standards, and, you know, we got away from the rules, and, you know, you hear the best talk about, you know, I'm not going to pass out a sheet of 30 rules, but we have a program pyramid and it basically has three tiers. And the bottom tier is we call the three P's and that's professional, punctual and proactive. And those are just like our standards. Like that's what, those are what we expect on a daily basis from our guys. And we expect Mm -hmm. it in the classroom, on the playing field, in the community, at the household, you know, and punctual for us, like we try to make it super simple. Punctual means be early. Professional means that you need to respect yourself and you respect your family, you need to respect the school and community. And so but it starts with yourself. If you have don't have enough self-respect for, for one, you know, you're gonna struggle to show respect um, anywhere else. And then the last piece, I think, is probably the most important skill um, that I think is from a from a high schooler perspective is being proactive, getting them to think ahead, thinking them to you hear the word, you know, when awareness. Um, and that for us is communicate and act. So we want them to really be proactive in their thinking. We want them to learn how to communicate with us directly. Um, and we want them to take action, you know, in every part of the life. Um, the next tier for us is coachable and teammate. Um, and that's tier two. So for being a teammate, um, we talk about Mudita a lot. We talk to our guys about, you know, Coach Murphy with um, University of Alabama softball, you know, talked about the word Mudita. And it's like, well, you can you have vicarious joy for someone else's success, especially when that guy might be fighting for the same spot or ahead of you. Um, Are you able to do that as an individual? Um, And then we also talk about just obviously the we over me mentality uh, that we want in our program Um, coachable to us comes down to three things. And that is first and foremost is like kind of start basic and go to a little bit more advanced, like basic for us is eye contact. Like we talk to our guys about just when we're getting, when we're having a conversation, we want eye contact. The second piece of it, you know, for us is listening to understand versus listening to respond. Um, we get a lot of guys in our program and when you, you just go to coach them and the first thing is yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And we really ask our kids not to say anything because we want them to learn how to listen to understand and not listen to respond. Um, not saying, saying yes, sir, is a disrespectful thing, but I just, ha- I found with kids that they've just been trained to say yes, sir, like immediately that sometimes they can't even regurgitate back to you what you said. And the greatest form of respect that we tell our guys is like, take a coaching cue that we give and then perform it. Mm. You don't even need to say, yes, sir. Just make the adjustment. If you're able to do that, like that shows the ultimate level of respect to us to, you know, to the coaching staff. And then lastly, I think it's the toughest skill for, for, for our kids. And um, you know, they, they do work hard at it. It usually takes some time for them to, to figure it out. Um, but is are you willing to fail in the short term to have long-term success? You know, and I think that is such a necessary skill. Like we know we've been, you've been at the high school level, like, you know, guys aren't, you can just tell they're one foot in one foot out on, on maybe a skill that you're trying to develop because they're that fear of failure, that fear of peers, seeing them fail. Um, And it holds them back from really learning that skill and propelling their game. Um, And then lastly, for us, the tier three is just the baseball skill. And like, when we meet for our parent meeting, like I have the pyramid that's upright and then I also show the pyramid upside down and I, I challenge our parents. I say, I think a lot of our thinking when it comes to, you know, your son and even us coaches sometimes are guilty of this. I know I am, you know, is we start with the tier three stuff. How's my kid become a better hitter? How's my kid, be, how's my kid throw harder? How's he become faster? Right. Those are the first conversations that we have. And my challenge to my parents is if you really want to invest in your kid, Invest in the bottom three Ps. Talk to them about being professional. Talk to them about being punctual. Talk to them about being proactive. Talk to them about being a great teammate. Talk to them about being coachable. Really invest in those, and you'll be amazed like how much easier the Tier 3 skills will come about. But if you do it upside down, it, it usually doesn't work out you know, in the athlete's favor. So that's something that we developed in our program two years ago to just give our kids like give our kids and our families and even the coaching staff, just some guiding principles on what are we looking for in our athletes across the board? Um, And it's something that I think has been really helpful for my clarity purposes too. When a guy messes up, when a guy makes a poor decision, it's usually in the first three, it's usually in the tier one. It's usually a professional issue, a punctual issue, a proactive issue. We'll have some teammate and coachable ones, but usually those, you know, those usually happen in the heat of the moment and the guy usually understands. Um, But again, those, that's just been something that simplified our thinking as a program. And it's kind of felt like really kind of given our kids the tools to be like, okay, this is how I can be successful. Um, so I hope that that kind of helps with that.
0: Yes. Gave clarity, very big clarity. That was phenomenal. So question is, so here's a coaching question. So um, different ways, like you said, standards, rules. People going through this as a conversation. So, as the coaching, as you as you going through this, is this something you work through with your coaching staff? Is this something that you got feedback from the alumni? Is this feedback from the players in the program? Like, where were you at with that? With yeah,
1: creating I was saying yeah. I mean, I definitely started with all these rules and contracts, and you know, not saying that that's not the right way to go about it. Um, you you gotta know, start
0: somewhere. It's all yeah, is.
1: no doubt, and learning through it. I think a lot of it, you know, is. I've, I've been lucky enough to be kind of working the group of um, coaches that I've been very lucky. You know, I, a core group of the guys have kind of, we've been on this journey together and we've had a lot of conversations and, um, you know, I just remember after my first year back at Cox, um, it was just kind of a bad taste, you know, like I just didn't feel like, um, I didn't feel like I had any, I didn't feel like I did a good job with clarity and expectations. And, you know, I was really kind of diving into, you know, the ABCA and our state association and the podcast and, and again, kind of kind of starting to see kind of the the windows or the blinders coming off a little bit of, of what some of the most, you know, what some of the guys that are doing a phenomenal job around the country are doing mm-hmm. um, some great mentors that I had in the local area and just conversations and um, I just knew something wasn't right you know, I think that was probably the biggest thing. And just, you know, we started having some conversations and I'm an alumni of the program. And I started talking to some of the guys that I played with and um, it just kind of, it, it kind of came about and it was in a coaching staff meeting and we built it. And um, we've really just kind of run with it. And uh, I tell you what, it's, it's, you talk about things that, you know, you can kind of put your finger on that you felt like really like made a, made a you know right at the ship of, of where you were at in your program you know there's you've always have a couple of those that you know in your coaching career where you're like wow this really had exponential growth to our program when we implemented this um, and I can say with this that I feel like it, it really has mm-hmm. you know
0: no for sure I bet it has no doubt you know clarity just brings so much better I mean I'm sure that your communication gets better you know a lot of things get better with that clarity that form of clarity and uh, where people are. Um, uh, how, so how are, how are your, how do your kids? Uh, so a couple things, I was going to go with two outs of this, but like okay. one is just, just simply is like, how do how does your program know about this? Besides just maybe, are you giving them a piece of paper? Is this something that like, how do you advertise this?
1: So it's something that we talk about, you know, I, I try to do quite a few presentations and, you know, I'm big on, uh, on the visual piece and not just getting up and talking um, right. and, you know, in every one of our presentations, we talk about the program pyramid and, you know, we, and I tell the guys, you know, th- this is nothing new. This is, n- there's nothing groundbreaking that we're going to be going over today, but you know, just the importance of us knowing these, um, you know, to the best of our ability is super important, important because it's going to drive our decision-making, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, you know, the better decisions that we make as, as an in- the better decisions you make as an individual, um, is ultimately going to create um, a better situation for our team, which is ultimately going to create the culture that we want. And that's going to create the right habits. And then it's just going to be, it's going to be the right type of cycle that we want. Um, and it can go the other way very quickly. If, if we start to not be aware of these expectations or standards or our program pyramid. So I try to get it in front of them as much as I can. I try to try to talk to them about it as much as I can. Um, I just think with, um with athletes and especially student athletes like there's a lot that's going on in their lives obviously from from athletics to school to there's a lot of things on their plate right so um you got to kind of keep things right here um that you value the most as a coach and you got to make sure that they just keep seeing it and that's something that we just try to do in our program on on a daily basis mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean i just i was just thinking in terms of you know t-shirt i know you do a great i mean because you're always posting on twitter's uh, it's like you're getting the next, it's like everybody in Virginia Beach is sponsoring Cox Baseball, you know, <laughs> like you get all these sponsors, you know, it's like it's awesome. So I just didn't know from a spot, like from an advertising, you know, signage, yep. T-shirts, yeah, you know, how you're doing all that stuff too, within that, within that, because like I said, it is, it is something that you're breathing into every day, you know, so um, just, just wondering, everybody kind of does it a little different, you know, some people have like the each day of the week, is like a standard, you know, or, Hey, I'm going to talk about the most coachable kid today that we saw today, or I'm going to the most proactive kid, you know, like, however you kind of uh, have, have, do uh, it, you know,
1: I kind of like that. I mean, I, I, I like the idea of, um, you know, like we talk about, if you're, you know, you've got to promote what you value, right. Oh, and yeah. it's got to be important, you know, and the kids have to see it's important or they're not going to buy into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know kind of a, on the baseball side of it, you know, we, I know, you know, we didn't have last year, but two years ago, you know, we we have we have um, metrics that we value as being important in our program. And, you know, instead of doing the end of the year awards of like the coaches award, and the MVP is like we made, you know, this is our QAB percentage champion. This is our F3P percentage champion. And like actually had that, you know, engraved on on it you know and that made it important right like can't say that this metric is super important if we never really show value to it right Right. and so and just like you were saying right there like how what are ways that i could show value for those three p's to our guys you know how could we promote that like that's very interesting to me like you got my wheels turning now on, like you know can we do a t-shirt can we do an end of the fall type of um you know, award for those guys or a weekly award, or a monthly award or, or whatever, you know, but then this again, another way for them to see it, to feel it, to feel that and show that it's important. I love that. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's, I, I think that's, that's my next, that's my next move. Right. So I appreciate right. it. No,
0: nah, you bet, man. It's just, that's all part of it. You know, like I'm sure like last year with you just introducing it was different than this year, you know, and like where you guys are just at. Cause we can only do so much we can all just only do what we manage you know yeah and, uh, so and it's like, like
1: you can't you can't you can't you can't just infuse it the same way each year you know like right. it's important that you there's got to be some consistency to it but it's if you do it the same way each year you you create that monotony yeah you know, where each all of a sudden class,
0: right each class needs ownership yeah each class, yeah. each team needs ownership of these principles, you know, yeah. and, and you know, like, and we had a pro we, we had, it was all just centered around four principles. It was just selfless compete, hustle and hard work. And mm. actually, we actually had a, a, a custom weightlift, uh custom, like WWE belt, you know, custom wrestling yeah. belt with those four around it. And it would be, you get the belt for the day and you get to wear it to school. You get to do this and that, you know, like it'll be just be yours until the next day. You know, that yeah. was, that was now that wasn't year one. That wasn't year two. That was yeah, year five, you know? Um, I think, you know, so yeah, we're just doing different things from wearing headbands during weightlifting to, you know, you just, you find what you can manage, you know, and you find what you can do and best ways to do it, you know, but, uh, yeah, definitely you we want to promote it, man. We wanna promote what we praise, praise what we want, you know, and, yeah. and keep keep it keep, keep it rolling, up, man. man. And the kids love
1: it, man. For the, sure. Kids,
0: kids everybody wants it. an identity, you know. What I mean, yeah. everybody thrives on that, you know, like they want the identity and then they get they crash for it. So yeah. man, they, they absolutely
1: love it. We do something, and this is kind of on the identity piece. So, you know, you know, your 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 culture build your program and your identity, build your team, you know? And so I, I try to recognize that every single year in the, in the fact, in like the program pyramid for us is building our culture, mm-hmm. but how do we make this team special? Like, how do we, how do we make sure that they identify with something unique, something that we started two years ago, and as you can see kind of had a lot of aha moments after 2018. Yeah. Um, sometimes this is what it takes um, is, is creating, that you said that identity. So our first year in 2019, doing it, we came up with mission 23, which was awesome. Like our guys bought into it. And what it was, was if we got to our 23rd game, we were going to make the state playoffs. And in 2017, the year before I got the head job um, coach Conroy, who was my coach there and had been there for 16 years, he'd lost in the state championship game and going back in history of the program, they made the state playoffs Every seven years for like the last 20 or 30 years. It was every seven years. And we said, hey, look, for us to get, we need to get back there more than every seven years if we want a chance to win a state championship. We need to be knocking on that door every single year. Because once you get it, there. there's a lot of things that can happen. But if you're, if the more that you can get there, the better chance you have. Mm-hmm. So we were wanting to turn that around in two years. So we talked about that was our mission, mission 23. And we made shirts and we had patches and everything we did. We bought into that concept. Um, you know, our we're, we're in Virginia Beach where we have quite a few. Um, it's where half our SEAL teams are located. So we had we have players in our program where their fathers are were SEALs or our SEALs. So we're able to talk to them and they really talk to us about like how those guys – operate and their thought process and how they train and performance. And that was huge. Like, and that really, we played to that piece, um, last year before we got shut down, it was, and we did, we did complete mission 23, which was awesome. It was an incredible moment um, for our program when we did get to complete that and and get to our 23rd game. And we ended up losing in the state quarterfinals, but the guys, like I told him, I said, you might go the rest of your life and, you know, to, to achieve a goal as a collective group is very rare in life. You know, as, a, as an individual, happen, you know, you get that promotion, but as a group to really achieve a goal that you set out to do, we set out that in July and we achieved it the following June. It was so cool to see those guys like see that and like what a life lesson, right, of like what that takes and how long it takes. It was incredible. Uh, last year before we got shut down, we did Expedition 613. So we kind of had a climb aspect to it. Um, and 613 was the date of the state championship. So we said, man, we want to be there on the last day. That was our goal. We didn't say win a state championship. We said we want to be there on the last day and see what happens. So that was our identity last year. Got signage in the locker room. You know, we, we made it with special shirts, all that kind of stuff. And then this year we just revealed this year has been a little bit tougher. There's been a lot of changes to the schedule and some different dynamics. It's definitely challenged my creativity a little bit, but yeah. ours, this year, ours this year is just bring it home 2021. You know, we have a special group. This group was on the mission. A lot of these guys were part of mission 23 as, as young players. And, you know, they have a goal to, you know, to bring home, you know, a state championship and that's what we're going after. So you'll see our stuff coming out now, you know, with our, with our image for the year. And um, it's exciting, man. The guys love it when it's unveiled. Um, but that's kind of the identity piece that we try to tie in as well, which we've seen has, has been big for our program. So it's, it's, it's a good piece.
0: Yeah. That stuff's a lot of fun, you know, and that's the things that kids remember for sure. Yeah. You yeah, know, no because uh, we we're all not going to be able to achieve those goals. Like you said, those are very rare. No. And what you can do is you can offer that experience. You can offer that right there. You know, you can offer the no t-shirts doubt. and you can offer that experience in Mission 23, X 613. Like these are the things that no matter if we achieve these goals or not, this is how we can still have a valuable experience, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that's at the end of the day, that's what it's really about, you know. And if you would ask, I think mean, that's one of the, during a parent meeting I would ask is like, and I got this from somebody, I don't even know, but like, it was the great question of, of a parent meeting. It was like, you know, everybody said, what's your goals for your kid? This and that, da da dah, Yeah. But the thing is, okay. The last one was if you cannot achieve these goals, what would you like? What would you like for your son? Well, what kind of experience would you like for your son? And then that's where it was. Yeah. Like, that's where I came in. That's into. powerful, that's man. Things,
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: But I I think that's where you're coming into that, you know, like that's how you're going to create that
1: great experience. And it kind of goes back to that storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's like, and we talk about it like last night in the parent meeting, you know, it's just like, this is this group's story. You know, this is what they will come back and talk about 10 years from now. They won't talk about what they hit, what their average was, you know, what their ERA was, how many strikeouts, they'll talk about this, their story as a group and the, you know, their relationships and the experiences that they had. Um, and I just think that's very valuable for the parents to hear, you know, um, because I get it, you know, I mean, they're worried about number one, you know, and that's been their job their whole life. I respect that, you know, um, you know, but just kind of, Making sure that they understand that, you know, the experience that these kids are going to get as a collective group is something that they'll cherish the rest of their lives.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because a lot of them won't ever have another experience like that. You know, most part, most part in high school, those kids aren't going to go on. Uh, You know, eighty percent, eighty-five percent of them not going to go on. Um, Some kids that even could go on just don't. You know, and so yeah, definitely very valuable experience and something hopefully it'll make them better. Like my wife talks, my wife's a partner at a CPA firm and she said she can tell the people that who have been on teams and understand the different, the values of roles and things like that, you know, that have that experience. So it's valuable. It's valuable in the workplace, man. It's awesome. You know, you're doing a tremendous job, buddy. It's awesome. Uh, Got to ask. Okay. Rewinding back to the QAB chip. And you said FAP, is that what it's called? FAP?
1: No, F three P F three F
0: three P. Okay, cool. Yeah. I gotta change that. So let's dive into that, buddy, because I'm uh, I'm interested about that, and because uh, um and 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 are those the only two like kind of um I guess end of the wars that you've kind of created, or do you have like a pyramid kind of? A war? So
1: we have we have um five game goals that we track um on each side of the game, offensively and defensively, and and I got these from um, again, after 2018, um, just needed some clarity. And I read, uh, Todd Gilliam's book, um, high scoring baseball and Todd Gilliam's, uh, it it just totally changed my perspective, right. It, it, what it taught me was, um, the value of strategy, right. The value of, I think as baseball coaches, I think you know, we hear Chuck box talk about this all the time, right. About like, kind of how football has had it figured out, you know, in the sense of like how they train and track and do all those kind of things. And and, and baseball speeding up to that, but, you know, really understanding like what does it take for us as a group to win a baseball game and being able to go to your guys and say, if we do these things, we know we have a great chance to win the day, you know? And I think that, that clarity piece, right. So for us, you know, the five, what we look for is offensively is we look to, can we create a big inning? Um, mattering how much, and that's three or more runs, as I'm sure you're aware. Can we create a big inning? We want our base on balls and our K ratio to be one to one. Um, we want a QAB percentage of 50% um, in the game. We want to have, if we're playing a seven inning game, we want to create seven or more freebies, a nine inning game, nine or more freebies just based off the number of innings. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, and our fifth one is going to be, um, Oh, runs. So, uh, if we're playing a seven inning game, we put that we want to score, uh, four more runs. And if we're playing a nine inning game, we say we want to score six or more runs. So, um, just so we have some flexibility there based off the number of innings, um, our defensive goals are, we want to deny the big inning, So we don't want to create a three, we want to hold back from a three run inning. Um, we want to, uh, less than for a seven inning game. Uh, we want less than three runs, um, for, we want to win the freebie war. So we just want to have more freebies than the other team, which is, you know, your walk, your, your hit by pitch, uh, extra base, all that good stuff. Um, and we want in a seven-inning game, we want to have, we want to throw less than 120 pitches as a staff. So that puts us about 17 pitches an in any. Um, and then lastly, is we want an F3P percentage of 66%. And what F3P is, is we strictly track what to do the first three pitches. Mm-hmm. So for you to get an F3P, you either, need, you either need to be 0-2, 1-2, or the ball needs to be put in play. Mm-hmm. It really just gets our guys attacking the zone. as we know, like we get in trouble. Um, one of the things that we value in our program is like keeping our pitch count down because that's going to keep our guys out there. Um, and as you know, we're not usually pulling in a, a closer from the bullpen that's right. uh, 90 miles an hour, right? Usually it's our center fielder, our shortstop, um, or an arm that's not as good as our starter. So the ability for us to stay in the game Is going to be huge. So, really, those five goals on each side. What it comes down to for us is, in in the most simplistic way, is twenty pitches. So, offensively, we want to stay on the field for more than twenty pitches, and we know we have a great chance of scoring if we do that. Defensively, we want to get off the field less than twenty pitches, and that's really what we preach to our guys in the most simplest way. But we track all these goals, we post these, we color coordinate them red and red and green. And like I say, man, numbers tell us. You know, numbers don't lie. Colors tell a story. So when you start seeing a lot of green on that chart, there's a lot of wins. Start seeing a lot of red, there's a lot of losses, and it usually always plays true. Um, and it has our guys understand what do those games look like. You know, when you start, what is what is a 12-2 game in our favor look like? What is losing eight-four look like? Like it really gets them to understand. Of as a coach, you know, you know what happens in those games, but do your players know? Mm-hmm. And so that's been very effective. So again tying back um our most coveted metrics and promoting those and celebrating those in front of our players and our parents you know having a parent come up and go you know well, well tell me more about f3p mm-hmm. you know um and then that's just building that culture in your program um so we went to that and um the guys were fired up you know i mean it meant you know i, I think the guys were more fired over over that than a, you know your your coach's award, which there's nothing wrong with that. But again, does it match to what we're preaching? So, yeah,
0: Absolutely. And you're getting, you're promoting what you want to. Um, so a couple things, you know, for me as the coach, uh, think about who's doing this, mm-hmm. who's doing this. What's it look like when you get done a game? You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause again, yeah. we have to, we can only do what we manage. You know what I mean? Um, so what, does this look like for you? Do you have a manager or is this a coach's job? Uh, do you try to give this to players and teach the players? You know, how is your take on this?
1: I think our most complex chart is probably our QAB. And um, I will either do that or an assistant coach will do that. I'm fortunate enough to have one of our assistants coaches third base. So I'm in the dugout. Um, it's something that we transitioned to a couple of years ago. And um, it's been phenomenal because it's allowed me to kind of, it's allowed me to manage better um personnel wise and know not everybody's in that um situation uh i would say for the most part like we have got we train our guys on charts um guys have responsibilities um sometimes there's a learning curve to it um but how we have the charts set up is once they're complete um it's pretty much it's the data's ready to go and input and i have a google sheets that is already like recalculated so i just plug in and we keep standings every week on QAB and F3P and they're they're in the locker room. So you see where you stand, you know, and um, is it a little bit extra work on my end? Yeah, but, you know, again, it's it's an important part of our program. It's something that um, I know I value um, as, as the leader of the program. And when that's the case, you know, you, you find a way to make sure to get it done. But, um, yeah, it, it's quite a bit of information, but I can't tell you the value of guys understanding our understanding of the game, um, and what we're trying to accomplish and see it every single day, um, is pretty powerful. And it was something that was missing. Um, and I know in my programs for the first five years, mm-hmm. and, uh, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of generic talk, you know, I, I think back to just about having good ABs. Well, what does that mean? Oh, sure. Right. Like, It's about getting ahead. It's about throwing strikes, right? Well, what does that mean and what does that look like? And what does it look like when we're having success and what does it look like when we're not having success? And how can I paint that picture to our guys? You know, I think as coaches, you know, we, we generalize too much sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, pitching and defense wins. Okay. Well, what does that look like? I can show you what it looks like because I can show you where we lost in four, four or five goals are red. Right. On the defensive side. Right. Right. And I can show you where we won two nothing where we had maybe three or four reds on the offensive side, but we're all greens on the right hand side. And that gave us a chance to win. So I can paint those pictures now specifically for our guys to see, which I think is powerful
0: for sure. No, for sure. And also, also it comes into the standpoint, look, we played well and just lost, too. You know, like, it's just mm-hmm. a part of that situation, too, where, like, nothing's perfect. They're not going to like science to it, but, like, this is also teaching the game. It's giving us, you know, some specific measurables to get to. Um, so, yeah. like, here's a question, too, like, another standard, because, like, um, you know, love all that stuff, man. Like, it's truly an, an, um huge chart guy. Uh, love it because it's just, like I said, and I, I honestly, for me, it also has it also, I guess, almost give you a structure of, like, reflecting about the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I mean, I, <clears throat> and you know what, it, it gives me checkpoints throughout the game. That's what it does If yeah. you can start to see things unfold. You know, we know we're watching certain metrics throughout the game and, and we know, okay, you know, if we're already at six K's through three innings, like our guys understand the fact that once we start getting to double digit K's Like, now we're only making the defense have to get 11 outs, okay? If we go to 10Ks, they're getting 11 outs in the field, and let's just say 50% of them are in the air, so then they're having to maybe make five ground ball plays and of those five, maybe one or two are tough. Like, it's becoming a lot more easy for that team to beat us at that point. So we have indicators that we can kind of measure throughout the game and know, like, we know if we string five QABs together, like there's a good chance that we're going to have a big inning, Mm -hmm. you know? And so what we do is we always bring a whiteboard with us. And what we do in there is like between each inning, we put the number of pitches that we saw as an offense. So when the guys come in the dugout, they'll see it. Like if they come in the dugout and they see like 12 pitches, it's like, Hey man, if you keep on giving this guy 12 pitch innings, he's going to see Gs. That's simple. You know, so our thought process is, is like, if we can get a guy to 20 pitches an inning, he's at 105.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at that point, even if we're, even if we're chasing one or two, like that gives us six outs, most likely to go against a lesser arm. So we have a shot. Right. So I, I think, I think it's the indicators in the game have been the, uh, have been one of the biggest things that we've benefited from. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh Yeah. Really good, really, really good. That's great. Um, and you're really just looking, i mean, I guess just offensively, just looking for that one big inning, if you get it or not, and then as well as if you just denied the base, so if you just didn't didn't have a big inning, as that's what you're talking about there.
1: Yeah, like Tom Gilliam says in his book, which is pretty interesting, he was like, All right, it's it's a crazy stat, and I could have this wrong. I have to go back and look in my notes, but like 90 if a team scores like a if a team has a big inning offensively, then that use like ninety percent of the games, the amount of runs they score in their big inning is more than the opponent does the whole game. It's like a crazy stat, you know, it blows your mind, but like it's tough to come back from giving up a, a three spot.
0: Totally. You know, if
1: you start if you do that twice in a game, like good luck, you know?
0: Yeah. I started to go down the rabbit hole too, just winning the beginning battle, you know. Like, yeah, you know, like if you give one up or if like I we had two beginnings, they had one, you typically you're gonna win that game. Yeah, um, no doubt. you know, so like oh that's great. Um, I'm just trying just for my clarity, I'm just trying to think about the mic because I I love the green color. Are you color coding like right after the game? Because you said, like, or is that like what you put up like afterwards? So like you can see, like, yeah, we met this offensive goal, which is green. Is that what you're doing right after the game to show? Or is that something you'll bring in, like, the next day?
1: Are you – are you, like, do you mind – can I share my screen? I mean, is that – Yeah, record? let's do it. Yeah, let's All do right. it. All right. So uh, I'll just kind of pull up what we did in our March – in our uh, March League recently, um, which is kind of like a little preseason thing that we did. And actually, you know what? I'm going to show you t- – a little bit better of a sample size. I'm gonna show you from uh, one of our first, first years of doing this. And you can kind of see this doesn't have, this doesn't have the, we added the uh, one-to-one base on balls. Um, okay. And the F3P, we added that as game goals this year, but I have them as individual stuff that you can see. So this is kind of a chart. Um, that we use okay so this is like our op grade card so for the op it just means operation it's kind of like the um special forces type thing every yeah, game we it, yeah yeah we call it op um so it's like hey today's op day like we so we kind of just pair it like that um but as you can see right here like so we color core green if you hit the if you win like so target just means our you know opponent or whatever and then our result right here and then you can see like did we hit that goal or not um and this is posted each week in our locker room and as you can see like you start seeing a lot of red man like you know <laughs> yeah it usually means it usually means something so you can start to see like right here like first colonial we lost one nothing and you know offensively not scoring a run like we were all reds but we got three or four goals on the defensive side and that's what losing one to nothing looks like you know? right. um, and we lost a freebie war five, three, you know, I mean, it wasn't, it was a clean game, you know? Um, and then, you know, we lost seven, one here. And as you can see, like we got smoked in our game goals. So you can really see kind of how it all has panned itself out. Um, and then I want to show you too, if I can get this to come down this is our QAB rankings. So if you're over 60%, I give you green, um, which is tough. I'm not going to lie, but you know, just looking at these guys right here, you know, what we preach to our guys is, you know, our top three hitters right here. um, They were all state uh, honors, you know? And so again, it's like buy into the process and, you know, your personal stats are going to reflect it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's huge. You know, that's huge for us. And to see that, Um, And then we have like our total, our team total right there. And um, at 60%, which is, which is really great. And then we hit three twenty-eight as a team that year, you know, so, you know, it it reflected on both sides. Right. Um, And then F3P um, anything over 66% is green for us. And as you see, our guys did a tremendous job. I mean, all of our guys were green. We had a 74% F3P, which, you know, means same for like three out of four, you know, Twenty-five percent of the time we're we're either at an o2 count or one two count of that balls put it in place so they really bought it into that process. so again this is this is posted every week it's posted every week in the fall it's posted every week in the spring it's updated every single game. it's an important part of our program. so hope that kind of yeah no it definitely
0: does So is your, it's definitely more of like a team thing and looking at what the team does the next day where again helping you process and reflect about the thing. so my next question. Looking at this, because this is where my battle was of like looking, okay, these are the things that we're, we're charting, so they're important to us. Typically, yep. and typically, the game is a reflection of our practice, yeah, it's feedback on what we need to continue to work on, uh, what we're doing well, what we're not doing well. So, mm-hmm. based off of that chart, how do you like F3P? It's important for you. How, yeah. how do you mimic that? And how do you work on that at practice? So like a kid who doesn't have 66%, what are they doing to create that? How are they doing to get better at
1: that? You know, we've kind of I did, I tried something the other day for okay, two things. Let's just talk about F3P in general. I think one of the things that teaches a guy the importance of F3P is actually, and I'll do this because we're big on hitting with two strikes and so a lot of times our live situations are our guys are O2 okay. or one, two, you know, and they're just, yeah. they're hating life. Um, but it's so crazy how that, you know, that, that pitcher that's struggling to get to F3P and he's just dicing at O2, right? Like he's just mowing and he comes off and we're saying like, that's the power of getting to F3P, right. Of you being able to be in that position as a pitcher that works sometimes and then sometimes there's some other things that we have to do. I think uh something we did in live on Saturday that I thought was pretty interesting was we what we did with our guys is our our pitcher it was one pitch, okay? So the pitcher got a point if he threw a strike or the ball was put in play. And as coaches and then the hitters got a point if they took a ball or um they got a hit, a, a hard hit ball. Okay. And we just wanted to prove the point that in our pitching coach who is tremendous and he's, he pitched to Texas A&M and um, he pitched all the way up to AAA and he's, mm. he's definitely the wisdom on the staff. Um, he was my, he was one of the assistants when I was a player at Cox. So just tremendous knowledge. He always tells our pitchers, you know, and I don't like to hear this because I work with the hitters It's like you give the hitters too much credit. Right. You know, he's like, go watch BP. He makes all the pitches, watch BP. He's like, How, what's that guy hitting in BP? He goes, that guy knows the speed. He knows the location and he still ain't hitting 400 in BP. Right. He goes, so why are you worried? You know, he does things like that to get them to understand about the power of getting in the zone. You know, it's nine on one. It's a round ball and a round bat. It's going to different locations at different speeds and different spins. It's tough, right? Yeah. Don't forget that as a pitcher. So I think just the conversations, getting them to buy in, and honestly, like the guys that you saw on that chart, if you want to get in the game, you better, you better, you better buy into F3P. Right.
0: You know, well, I think you said posting it is also something else, working on it too, just to make sure yeah. it's been the forefront of it. But yeah, that's always something that I kind of even like, how do we work on the beginning? Like I, like, like I would struggle like offensively, like, hey, yeah. we're not getting the beginning. What are we doing at practice to help them create beginnings?
1: Yeah. And I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think that's a and that is a valid point too. Like you said, like I think with the big inning is what are your indicators of a big inning? You know what creates it? You know, and for us, we found like the stringing of QABs is huge. Like if you break the string of a QAB, you really diminish your chance of having a big inning. Okay. So like you put together like two ABs and then you K, or you put together three ABs and then you have a weak fly out. It really lessens your chances of a, of, of a, um, and of a big inning. So what, what we've done early on this season is like, even like when we're live, we have, we have an indoor and when we're going live indoors is we're tracking how many strings of QABs we can put together. Now there's some subjectivity to it, right? You're in a cage, but it just creates that focus of like, okay, if we're at three QABs, like you got to dial in, man, like we got this guy on the ropes, you know, like it, it's an important at bat and we got to we got to really understand what we're trying to accomplish. So I think there's some ways you can sneak it into your training. Um, I think, as you probably know, as a coach, too, it's just like. The stuff you do in training, those building blocks create that result that you want in the game too. you know, um, but also the piece of tying it all together is very is very important as well, you know, and, and when you look at um how are you reflecting that in your training like you said it's it's sometimes it can be eye-opening you know and i know you've been there i've been there plenty of times Mm -hmm. you know where it's like are we really working on the things yeah
0: are we being intentional
1: us or that we're promoting right right
0: and then like how am i helping this kid get better at f3p how am i helping this kid get better as walk to, to 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 walk to K ratio, you know, like yeah. it's all of those things. And it's making sure that that's part of it, you know, and some kids don't need the F3P help, but then some kids need help over here, you know? And it's, so it's it, that's yeah. a whole nother issue, you know, that's a whole nother thing of being able to individualize. and
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is just like, again, we talk about like the program pyramid is like driving our behavior, right? And with the game goals, our hope is, is that we're giving those players a roadmap of like, this is how you get on the field Mm -hmm. and our starting lineup reflects that the guys that have performed at the, at the highest of the metrics have reflected that. And, you know, where um, they're going beyond our program and what accolades they get from, you know, from the newspaper and, or whatever it may be, you know, so it's just trying to take the, trying to take the subjectivity out of it and trying to be as objective as possible with your players. So they know what they can control to get out there on the field. Mm. Um, and I think that's always important. I think that, I, I think that motivates guys, you know, well, when they yeah. know, Hey, I know what I need to do to get out there. No,
0: for sure. And I think it also helps you. I think it also helps the coaching staff because no I, I the, like the, the greatest coach is the track coach. Like, cause it's like, Hey buddy, you're just not (laughs) as fast as that guy. Uh, Sorry. Like there's not too many, too many parent issues. Like the stopwatch doesn't lie. So yeah, if we can get as I've never heard
1: that, that's a great point.
0: (laughs) As objective as we can, you know, like, that's just what it comes down to, you know, like we got, if we can try to take the subject subjectivity out of it, you know, and uh, uh, absolutely, you know, and what, but like you said, is now you're starting to build this and where you can say like, Hey, Trimble, this dude, he's a dude, like he's a dude. Mm And this is why he even led in all these categories, you know, and yes, we have to give the average to the paper because that's all they know, you know, but you're going to have a high average if you even do these processes and and, and continue with this, you know, and it allows you to give you more value even to the team um, when you might fail in a um, quote unquote with batting average, you know, and things like that. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal stuff, man. Loving it, Matt. Dude, dude. Uh, I mean, like we're over an hour now, man. I just want to kind of respect your time and stuff, man. But I, I think we're just scratching the surface with some stuff. I think we could go on. It might be a yeah. part two here, round two. But, buddy, um, what whatever is do, what is a great way for people to maybe reach out to you with some of the stuff, man? You, I mean, you probably have some great some great things you might want to offer people.
1: Um, you know, obviously, I'm on I'm on Twitter, and they can DM. I, I'm willing to share whatever. I mean, I've been so fortunate with you know, just the relationships that, you know, I've been able to form, you know, with, you know, you're one of them. And, you know, there's so many, so many guys that, you know, I've never, I've never met a baseball coach that wouldn't, you know, pick up the phone and talk and, and, and pass along anything and everything. Most of all of this stuff is stolen from somebody else and just recreated as, as we know, we're the best thieves. So, um, you know, you can, my email is, Um, M I T T N E R two at gmail.com. Um, shoot me a DM on, on Twitter. Um, and what's your handle? What is your handle? Uh, I think it's at Falcon skip Falcon skip. Okay. I believe at Falcon skip. I have to double check that I'm not, um, Not super good on Twitter, but I I try. Um, It's a great place to – definitely a great place to grab information, I'll tell you what. It is. It's a great place
0: to learn for sure.
1: It is. It's been amazing. So I'm going to double check that so I have it. But, um, yes, at Falcons underscore Skip. Oh, Falcons
0: underscore Skip.
1: Yeah, F-A-L-C-O-N-S underscore S-K-I-P. Got it. Um, but yeah, anybody, I mean, shoot. And as long as you're, as long as, as long as you're able to give me something good and in return, um, you know, so I can try to better our program and and better the environment for our kids is why we're all in it. But, um, no, Trey, I thank you, man. Um, you know, obviously with us connecting, you know, down in Hoover, that was an amazing experience. And then, you know, just your willingness to kind of reach out and continue to kind of have conversations and stay in touch. I know I've become, you know, a, a better you know a better um a better coach a better person um you definitely made me reflect on some things you know i'm i'm um current you know i have a wife and you know we're we want to have a family one day and I, i tell you you know you've you just with you talking through you know everything that you've kind of gone through and your journey it's definitely provided me some really good perspective so i appreciate that i don't know if you necessarily realize that but you know hearing um Hearing you guys, guys that have been in this a while and have had a family and, you know, are, are possibly still in it or maybe had to step away for a little while and still finding ways to, you know, grow the game and affect kids' lives. Like, you know, it just it's it means a lot coming from a coach that's going to be entering that part of his life here sometime soon. So I appreciate all the insight you brought You brought to me. I really do.
0: You're welcome. No, It's my pleasure, buddy. It's my pleasure. It's just it's great to share share uh, moments. And I know the guys that know me and after listening to this conversation, they're going to realize how much, how, uh, very, very similar me and you are. Uh, we have, we speak the same language and, uh, you know, I just, uh, if we can make it work sometime, I would love the opportunity. I think we coaching together, we could make some serious noise, man, but it's been a lot of fun, (laughs) man.
1: It's been a lot of fun.
0: This has been a, one of my, one of my favorites for sure, buddy. And, um, Really, I, 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 really uh, am very thankful for COVID, and uh, yeah. the willingness to start the underground, and and, and being able to meet you, man. Uh, it, it's beyond uh, even the other guys too. But uh, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure, buddy. I can't I can say the same thing, you know. And I'll continue those conversations for sure. That's that's what this is what. This is why I started it, the start of the podcast, man. It's just it's just me talking to great baseball dudes and uh you know letting everybody see just the, the great guys out there, man. And so it's happy to do it, buddy. Happy to do it and uh definitely won't be the last one.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, Trey, man, and uh stay in touch. And i we'll look do, forward buddy. to uh linking up sometime soon. All right, man. Let's do it. All, all right, right, man. We'll see you. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: So Chittner, the mic drop. Just a banger, absolute banger of a conversation. I uh, just really enjoyed it. Couldn't thank Coach and Coach Itner for enough. Just the amount of information that he was able to share um, was great. Uh, the amount of details um, spoke the same language, man. We just we just spoke the same. We speak the same language uh, with his game goals from how he believes in himself to be a model of that, the behaviors that he wants, that he expects from his players, knowing his players, and understanding how much of a of the game is mental, and, and are we practicing those things, and are we doing the things that we are expecting of our players. Uh, just a great conversation, and um, can't thank him enough. So again, Coach Matt Netner, Cox High School. If you're not following him on Twitter, start at... Falcons underscore skip. Feel free to again reach out to him with any information, any other questions you might have. M Itner I tner N-E-R-2 at gmail.com. That's M-I-T-T-N-E-R-2 at gmail.com. Um, Cox High School Baseball. Just uh, continue to watch for these guys. Uh, I know they were ranked in the uh, re- the mid- our mid-Atlantic region. Uh, And they're continuing to going to be on the forefront of the state as well as our region just uh, with his leadership, through his leadership, and is continuing to grow and learn and put himself around great people. So, um, great, great stuff today, and going to continue trying to bring in the best people, great people, growing the game for the right reason, and you can see Coach Matt Nittner is definitely one of those guys who are continuing to be positive influence on our young guys, growing them the right way, and understanding that baseball is the platform that we happen to teach this game of life and teaching lessons that are going to be more valuable and the experiences that we're going to have that are going to carry them through beyond the game. So I want to thank you for joining us sticking with us this entire time. Big shout-out to Matt Itner. Feel free to reach out to him. He's just a dude of a guy um, and a coach. So till next week, keep getting better.